Now, now, real people, real opinions. Nighttime talk with Niall Boylan. Ireland's classic hits radio. It was reported a couple of days ago at the Indo that Leo Varadkar has said he will not stop living a normal life despite the fact that there is a heightened risk to his safety from the far-right extremists. Now, this is according to The Independent. Anyway, now I know what you're thinking. Leo, you don't live a normal life. And, like, he really doesn't live a normal life, does he? He's privileged. He's kind of like a pop star. You know what I mean? He has privileges. He has a very good salary. I don't know exactly where Leo eats, but I'm sure he's not eating, you know, in a low-class place. I'm sure he eats in a reasonably good restaurant, him and his partner. You know, I'm sure he goes on nice holidays. And, by the way, I'm not depriving him of that or begrudging him that. You know, he gets a good salary. He's entitled to do that. That's what he wants to do. But to suggest he lives a normal life, and he has a driver, he has security, you know, so he does have a level of protection. But anyway, this got us talking in the office about the kind of life politicians live and whether they need special protection and whether they should have to accept a certain amount of intrusion in their lives as part of their job. Now, they get paid enough, surely. I mean, Leo is probably on about 180000 a year or something like that or more, and that's not including expenses. And when you think about it, they're making decisions and involved in plans that affect every single one of us. So the decisions they make affect your life. The decisions I make, I don't get paid anywhere close to what they get paid, but the decisions I make don't affect your life. They make you think about something maybe because I'll say something you kind of go, oh yeah, no, I was saying, uh, yeah. But so I might have a little bit of an influence, but they don't affect your life. So if I tell you to do something, you don't have to do it. If I tell you as and from tomorrow, you can't drive more than 20 miles an hour in your car, you don't have to do that because I don't make the laws. I don't tell you what to do. But they do. So the decisions they make affect your pocket, affect your wallet, affect your life, affect your lifestyle. They affect everything in it. They affect your mood. Every decision they make affects you. So the point is, on a more serious note, over the Christmas we saw that two members of Enoch Burke's family confronted Alan Dillon, the TD, in a shop on Christmas Eve. Mr Dillon was entering a supermarket in Castle Bar on Christmas Eve when Mr Burke's mother Martina and brother Elijah approached him. And a video uploaded to Twitter on Enoch Burke's Twitter account shows his mother and brother repeatedly blocking Mr Dillon's path before the TD dropped his shopping plans and returned to his vehicle. Now, it was, to be honest with you, it was completely over the top. Mr Dillon was told by the family, you're on a six-figure salary, you cannot run away from people. But do they have a point? Now, I don't believe you should be, by the way, harassing somebody like that. But tonight I want to know what you think. When you see politicians being abused, and I don't mean threatened, right? I'm certainly not talking about violence or inciting violence or inciting threats against somebody physically or physical harm. I'm talking about calling them an arsehole or calling them a clown or saying you're an idiot or you're a moron or what do you do that for? Or let's say Leo's walking down the street and you're walking their side and you shout across, Leo, you're the worst prime minister T-Suck we've ever had. You're a bleeding idiot. Tell you. They say that shouldn't happen. But, and by the way, some people might think he's the best teacher we've ever had, so I just want to balance that out. But they say that shouldn't happen. But does it go with the territory? For example, I get abused. I do. And maybe my opinions every now and again. People call me names online. I have a thick skin. I get over it. I don't care. But nobody really cares that I get abused. But we care that politicians get abused. And they say less and less people want to go into the job of being a politician because of the abuse they get, particularly online. But surely that's part of the job. Garda Shea Connor, for example, if they're at a protest, people call them names. 
Now, I don't believe anybody should ever be arrested in that particular moment for calling a guard names. People get angry, they get frustrated, they use their vocal cords. As long as they don't make a physical threat against a guard of Shia Khan, I don't believe it's an arrestable offence. Because at a protest, things do get heated. And there's a certain amount of acceptable, I suppose, I'm not going to use the word anarchy because that wouldn't be the right word to use, but there's an acceptable amount of civil disobedience isn't there, when it comes to protesting. So the guards have to accept that. They have to have a bit of a thick skin when they're standing there in a line and people are shouting, blatant guards, pay for more the government, and all that kind of stuff. They have to accept a certain amount of it. There are different jobs where you must accept a certain amount of intolerance. But politicians seem to think that they shouldn't have to accept it. Should they have to accept it, is the question I'm asking. And I don't, again, I want to reiterate, I'm not talking about threats of violence or you know, incitement or anything like that. I'm talking about general, what they call common abuse. Let me know what you think. The number is 087-188-0008. That's 087-188-0008. Do you think politicians should have to accept a certain amount of abuse from the general public? Let me go to Jason. Jason, hi, how are you? Good evening, man. How are you? Firstly, Leo is living a normal life. I don't think Leo is living a normal no, life. No, he's not. He's young. He's never lived a normal life in his life. Ah, no, he, where did you get well, that no, lame well, accent from? Well, he, Hold well, on, let's cut back to the chase. What? This accent, where did you get that accent from? Which accent was that? The one that, you know, when you're, you're just dubbed and you're hailing the views of politicians. Oh, oh, we got to bleed, kill you. That one. Yeah, I just kind of made it up. <laughs> Not everybody that shouts abusive politicians sounds like that. Most of us are normal. All right, my chap. I'm going to break your neck the next time I see you, darling. I said normal. <laughs> um, no, no, they deserve everything they get. I'm sorry, but no. They, they want to bring out these stupid rules, these stupid laws, and literally walk around as if nobody is talking. You, you know, like, no, let, let them on. As I said, once it's not violent, once you don't go near the homes where their families are, their kids are. But once they're out in public, they're fair game. That's mm. what they sign up for. But maybe if they had to live by some of the rules that they sign up for, maybe it have affected them in their pockets or whatever, uh, you know, then I'd feel sorry for them. But no, no, not when they constantly give themselves pay rises. You know that way? But when other people, when the services that we really need go looking for it, we tell them, no, no, you can't have that. But when the people that don't deserve it get it, it sort of pisses people off. I know, but when, no time for them anymore. but when you're in a situation in any service where you're not getting the service that you say you walk into a shop tomorrow, and you're bringing back, you know, goods that aren't working properly. And the sales assistant is not very forthcoming or not very cooperative with you and says, oh, none I can do really, you know what I mean? Or whatever, right? Um, you don't, well, you shouldn't be abusive to the sales assistant. Even they get though more he, abuse than anybody. They get more abuse. I know, but you shouldn't. In that, I know, in England, that they're, they're having the issue with body cams, it's that bad. Oh, that's crazy. You yeah, well, that's crazy. Shop, you ask anybody that walks in the shop about what the abuse is like. You walk with the public at all now. You should know this from being in the in in the the music industry for all them years. Once you're out walking with the general public, the general public are assholes. The general public think they're entitled to everything. You're there to serve them, and no matter what they say and no matter what they do, they're right. That's the general public, but that's private business. This is our money. These are people that we so-called elect. I don't know how they keep fiddling the books and getting in. But these are people we so-called elect. And they just seem to make up their own their own rules and their own laws. And, and do, go along do you think you have the right if, if Simon Harris or Leo Bradk or Michal Martin or Pascal Zonu or whoever it is is walking down the street tomorrow and you're not happy with a the decision they made, do you have a right to shout across the road, you're only an arsehole or whatever it is? You have a right to challenge them. But no, I mean, that's that's silly. I'd rather be able to walk over and challenge them on it. But you know yourself, you won't get in with an arsehole or them fellas. Mm. They're surrounded by feckin' security. Uh, 
advisors this feet before you get near them and we're paying for all that so I mean the only way you can get your point across is to roll at them mm. so, and you think, you, that's, you think that's acceptable what about people who go yeah. online and abuse them online or I don't trolls. I don't. I don't have any time for anybody that puts up anything nasty about anybody annoying. If you're not going to be prepared to stand up and say it in public, and own your words, stay off you. You know what I'm like about the internet. We've had many discussions. I think that's the worst. It's a cesspit. That's leading social media. Mm. Do you think people should you be charged? Do you think people should be charged when they abuse them online? But, but what's online? Charged for what? Well, I, I don't know. You know, Abuse. I know they'll make up. I know they're going to make up something. I mean, See, here's the really thing, right? People seem to forget this, and po- politicians seem to forget this. There's a thing called common abuse in law, right? And many, mm. many years ago, there was some cases taken um, in Ireland because I'm quite litigious for defamation, and the mm. judge will decide that's not defamation. That's common abuse. In other words, if you call someone a gobshite, you know that's not defamation. That's just common abuse. There's a difference so between both. Politicians, you got a pound or something, was it? Oh, that was uh, Albert Reynolds. Was was yeah, fam- Albert famous. Reynolds. Yeah, he so he, yeah, Reynolds. he was called a Gumby. That's right. Yeah, yeah and, and he there. took he, he took a case <laughs> took a case to the High Court in Ireland, and he lost. So he decided he would bring it to the United Kingdom because you're entitled to do that. You can take the case again yeah. in another in your jurisdiction. Right. He brought it to the Supreme Court in England, which probably cost millions, and they yeah. awarded he him. They, they awarded him one guinea. One guinea. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but Niall, I mean, they're out there. They're putting themselves out there. They, they, they put themselves out there for election. They spread all these lawyers at election time. And then once they get in there, they close the doors. And don't worry about them people out there. They don't They don't mean nothing. So Leo Radke said it himself. We don't listen to opinion polls. Stay there. Well, stay there for a second. Let me just go to Rob as well. Rob, hi. How are you? Hi, Niall. How are you? Good. Rob, I mean, you've been listening to what Jason is saying there. You know, mm. that's, you know, they have to put up with it. It's part of the job. No, they don't. They don't. Um, it's, it's not fair on them. Um, they could be, as you say, like doing their own thing at the weekends or whatever, out with their families and their kids and all, and they have some asshole uh, screaming and shouting. You mm. know, it's totally wrong. Yeah. Totally wrong. Um, they, they have policies to implement it. And they're going to do what they're doing. And, you know, whether you, whether you even if you disagree. Yeah. You know, it's, it's 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 off the wall. So we just put up, we just put up whatever they say and whatever we do, we just sit back like little good boys and girls in the corner and say nothing. No, you 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 vote to change. But we tried that already. We up. see what they do. They they they, 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 they massage the numbers to get each other in. Like it, before the last election, they tore strips off each other. Tore strips off each other, and as soon as they realised, as soon as they realised they weren't getting in, they 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 banded together to get in. So we we know what they're doing. Come the next election, I've said this from five years ago. Sinn Fein ain't getting in. It doesn't matter how many seats they get. Finna Gael and Finna Foyle are going to get you know join up again together. They'll spend weeks slating each other, and as soon as they now have the numbers, they'll join up again. Finna Gael and Finna Foyle have this country. So I think you shouldn't be allowed to abuse them. Um, as I said, as long as it's not physical, no, I'm not talking about jumping and derogatory. If their kids are with them and they're out on a Sunday afternoon with their kids, obviously not. I'm talking about when they're going around, spilling the lawyers, shaking the hands with these rich people and taking their monies and building their things that nobody can afford. Yeah, when they're at home with their families now, I've always said that, you know, leave them when they're at home with their families, they're off limits. You know, but once yeah, we're working and once we're paying for them. Oh, no, you say that, that's very easy to say, right? But 
when push comes to shove, when they're out with their families and what have you, and their kids and they're screaming at them, they do get they do get shouted and screamed at. Yeah, don't they? Look, look, look at Leo there a couple of years back, and they decided to march on his house, and they used this, and then it turned into a home. Hate, hate thing, and that's where all this hate speech t- uh, thing that Noel's been talking about has, uh, just came straight out, came all into the mix. Yeah, because they didn't like what they heard about themselves. They didn't uh, like no, what they to heard to about be themselves. fair, Jason, look, whatever about protesting outside his home, and I don't agree with it personally, I don't believe you should protest outside a politician's home because their family are there, they've nothing to do with it, right? Uh, oh, no, 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 but what, that, no. when they did that with Leo that time, you know, Rob is right, you know, the, some of the names they called him were outrageous. You know I what I mean? Names. I mean, if you want to call someone a gobshite or a clown or an arsehole or whatever it is you want to call them, right? That's fine. I don't, I don't care, right? But when you start making it personal, you know, and you start referring to their sexuality or making accusations, of, you know, and stupid things like that, I mean, that's stupid. That's you'll just... always get that, man. You'll always get that. You'll always well, get but that. It's but that's not that's right. That's, yeah, but that's, but that's, but that's but not but right. That's, but, but Leon points, tries to paint himself out as this caring fellow who does it all for the community and he's doing this for the good of the people. He isn't the He's doing it to line his own feckin' pockets, all right? right? And we've seen the way this country has changed since he snuck him in, right? He's never been elected in. Like, he was lucky to get in on the last lot. We know that. He was put in there by his government because they wanted to change the way this country was going. Plain and simple. And we've been left, and we've tried to vote them out. They're not going out. I guarantee to get themselves in the next one. They'll just do what they've done again. They'll just manipulate the numbers, mix them around. They'll get enough numbers to keep Sinn Féin out. Guarantee you. can mark my words on that now. They're not giving up. Well, they haven't given up in 100 years, and they're not going to give it up now. And especially not to Sinn Féin. Well, I think, though, if the numbers stack up, like for Sinn Féin and maybe Fianna Fáil, that, that, that's they where they're going be. No, no, no I guarantee you. They're because if they've seen a guy, they won't let Sinn Féin in, and they know that. Well, I, I, I can guarantee both of you that I don't think Leo Varadkar and Michal Martin will be leading Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael into the next election, but that's just my own theory. No. And I say Hella McIntyre He was never leading. elected, Noel. I, I mean, they've seen after the last two votes. He was Them two boys were, Well, he was on the fifth count. In. On the fifth count, right? Yeah, come on. He's and he's vote. now telling us how to live. On the fifth count, mate, right? On the fifth count, the cleaner got more bloody votes than him. <laughs> and now he's the man standing at the top of our table telling us how we are bred. That's right. It is a strange, I, I mean, uh, okay, it's a strange democratic system that we use, Rob, when it comes to an election, that somebody who doesn't get in on the first count can become the Taoiseach of the country. It, it, it is a strange kind of system, but that is the system. I, That's the it is, it is, but that is the system we have, and we accept And it. how do we change it, though? We can't change it, can we? They won't let us you change it. You want to get forced, you want forced past them. the poll system? Uh, do you know, so I want a different one. I just want one, I think that'd be a lot fairer because, I mean, we've seen what happened in the last election. We've seen the party who got the, the most amount. And yet she's sitting on the other side. That's not but, right. But, yeah, but, but, but realistically, I, I'm, by the way, I'm not having a go at Sinn Féin, but do you think, you know, a Sinn Féin government would be any different? No, 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 I then? don't, Niall. I think it'd be worse. But what I'm saying is our system is geared that it'll always be just these two. They're the biggest parties. They were set up as the biggest parties. They could, I mean, it costs too much money now to try and set up a party. You're never going to match them. And anybody who tries to do seems to windle away to the backbenches. Mm.
Yeah, I, I mean, it is. It's, it, we're the only country in the world that has it. It's the same two parties for the last well, one. Well, no, well, it's not the, we're not the only country. Britain is the same. Should the Tories, the, you know, and yeah, have been around there for the same in America, you know, the Republicans and Democrats. It's the same in every country in the world. You have the yeah, same types look, of parties. Look, look, yeah. And do we want to go down? Look, look how damn politicians live. The only thing I will say is, at least in other countries, they have a choice. You know, you can go from one extreme to the other. Like, for example, in America, you have Democrats and, and Republicans, which are conservatives and liberals. Where in this country, you don't really have a choice. They're all pretty liberal. So, oh, yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. So and you, if you have anything else, you're far right. But <laughs> the thing is, if you, if you even say anything against the left, there, you're far right. So therefore, you're shut down straight away. We won't get a party in this country. I mean, Rob, the, the, the problem of politics, I mean, when we listened to what Roderick O'Gorman said the other night about any NGOs who wouldn't support a yes campaign in the next referendum will have to have a good reason and explain why. Yeah, you know, I see that in writing. Yeah, and that's, that's outrageous, you know, for a government to do that because the government, remember, the taxpayers are paying for these NGOs. So so in other words, they're essentially buying votes. You, and you, well, hang, well, hang on. You can't kind of, Rob, what that kind of is is an indirect threat to some degree. Oh, yeah. It's not that wrong, actually. Yeah. And I'm surprised his bosses uh, didn't, didn't uh, put him up on that. Yeah, well, it was... I mean, well, they're I'm, all I'm, in it together, I'm, Michael Martin or Leo Varanka and let him say that. He shouldn't be allowed to say that. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, we're, we're meant to be able to vote democratically in this country. You know what I mean? That's our constitutional right. And the same goes for people who work in NGOs. So we should, there shouldn't be any pressure on any, any NGO to campaign for any particular vote. Um, you know, there should be no pressure whatsoever on them to campaign either side of the vote. It should be impartial. I work on radio. And 30 days before a referendum, because of the broadcasting regulations, not my podcast, but only on the radio, I have an obligation to be impartial for 30 days coming oh, up yeah, to any yeah, referendum. Exactly, yeah. So why the government who set up the broadcasting authority or the former broadcasting authority who bring in those regulations tell me that I can't do that, but yet they can do it. That doesn't make but any sense. Oil, sorry, Noel. For the last three referendums, the government have paved the way for the, uh, paved the way. For and that's the way wrong. They no, I know, I, and I agree. It's wrong. The government should yeah. be. Uh, the government's job, as far as I'm concerned, in any referendum, should be only to give you the information, the pros and the cons of both sides, and let you decide. And that's you their decide. job. Yeah. They shouldn't yeah. be telling you to vote either way. No, but see, there's an agenda, and that's why they won't give us the referendums that we want. I mean, they never asked us that we want open migration into this country because they know the answer they would have got. No, immigration is good, but open migration is wrong. They won't ask us that. They'll only ask us to put the referendums to us, the ones they want, and uh, on the pathway they want us going down. And it's all coming from Europe. Stay there, both of you, a second. I just want to go to Catherine, if I can. Catherine, hi, how are you? Hi, Niall. Hi. I'm just listening to the discussion there. It's very hard to call, if you know what I mean. It's a, I think, catch-22 situation now. I, I don't know, but my thing on all politicians, the main aim is to get re-elected. That's their main aim. That's what they've always done. They just want to say the right thing at the right time. They don't mean a word of it. We've all seen the proof of that. You know what I mean? And they just, I, in my opinion, they're just not in the real world. They're not out there, as you say, of petrol to put in my car. No, oh, do I have to change, have any change in my pocket? That doesn't come into it. They're not out there like everybody else. And the world has changed and Ireland has completely changed. We can all see that. Some for the better, some not for the better. And of course, they're still, you know what I mean? They still kind of don't come out and say what they want to say. They're all terrified. They don't have the Lee Rody to say the right thing in case, oh my God, that could go against me. Instead of saying, standing up there and saying it the way it is, they get more respect. They get more of a backup. And I don't know what the next election is going to be. I don't know about Sinn Féin. I agree with one of the guys there. I think it's a bit iffy. A lot of people I'm talking to on the, on the 
shall we say, in the places that I go to and the communities that I'm in, an awful lot don't like the idea of Sinn Féin at all. It's the actually parties they're bringing forward. It's like Louise O'Reilly, they call her the Ayatollah. <laughs> 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 well, I mean, that's a pleasant way of calling her. She's out there, it's her way or no way. She's very, I think she's very condescending when she's on a, a programme very aggressive, maybe she doesn't mean to be, but she doesn't come across like it's her way. Oh, no, no, she gets all... She doesn't listen to anyone else's opinion. That's not a good start. Okay. I know they were never in power. We can't say we've no proof of what no, they Well, they were kind do. of popular in the last election, but they've lost a yeah. few polling points there now over the last yeah. few months, which is the government exactly. are delighted about. But... but I- happens in the next election that's entirely up mm. to yourself and who you want to vote yeah, for but exactly. but i mean is it is is there any merit in people saying that politicians should have to take a certain amount of no. verbal abuse i don't mean physically no i don't as you say i definitely don't agree with verbal abuse i think that's the um i hate to put it this way the easy way out that wouldn't get anybody as far as i'd be concerned that definitely is not right the right way to go about it i know you don't listen to the people you're hardly going to get them if only Niall, if only they answered a question with an answer instead of another question and went on to this all gobbledygook that they usually give and insult all their intelligence by saying this you're looking at them and saying oh my god that's just ridiculous because you know it's not but Jason, what Jason what Jason's saying is it, it comes with a job if you're making decisions that affect people's lives mm-hmm. you have to mm-hmm. be able to take you know the abuse that comes with that well i don't i don't well, as you say the word abuse no i don't agree with that I don't agree, like, say, seeing somebody in public and you say, okay, his children might be with him or his partner might be on Sorry, his own. I no, still I want don't that agree lady's with that. Name. Catherine. What's that lady's name? Catherine. Hey, Catherine, yeah. stay still. Um, they're yeah. already bringing out these um, hate speech laws. Next to go is the right to protest. I mean, they're going to start bringing out that. I mean, it's happening over across the water in England where if you even think about protesting, they can arrest you now. They can arrest you before you even go to a protest. Like, come on. You, you, you know, look at the exclusion is... zone they're putting up around the doll now. They're going to push you forward and forward and back. You'd be up on the North Circular Road protesting uh, before you're getting into the doll now. I mean, it's if we like don't hang else. on to our right, if we don't hang on to our right to protest, we've already given up so many rights in this country. We can see it. We've talked about it loads of times. We will not protest anymore. I agree. Number one, now, we're, afraid, we're, we're afraid of being me, shamed. Jason, just That's let it. me in for yeah. a second. Jason, yeah, let me get in for a second. Yeah. Just let me get in for a second. You're right. Now, unfortunately with the protests, some are genuine, some are not. It's the ones that cause the hassle, and then you've got people jumping on the bandwagon. That's what brings the protests to a halt and defeats the whole purpose. If everybody was there for the right reason, I'm sure they are intentionally, but there might be somebody coming around the other side. But Sorry? you can't hire everybody with the one brush. No more than you can hire everybody with yeah, the one brush. Jason, the word is free speech and protest. If you want to protest, I don't see why, if you're at a protest and it all ends up in the air, bricks and cars and everything happening, that's not a protest. You're out there as a free to say what you want to say in a peaceful way. It can work. And I agree with you, Catherine. That should be the intent. But now I do understand why at a protest you get a level of civil disobedience. Now, when I say civil disobedience, I don't mean setting fire to buses and cars. No, and, and, no, no, uh, no. What no. I'm talking about is when you've got a front line on a protest, you're always going to get the mavericks that are going to be shout, shouting at the guards. And, you know, and the guards are trained to deal with that as well. I yes. mean, you know, I don't think, you know, arresting people constantly for, say, shouting guards or a no. gobshite. I mean, that's not, an, as far as I'm concerned, in a protest no. situation, that's not arrestable offence because otherwise you'd be arresting everybody. Exactly. You know what I mean? yeah, it wouldn't be any worse. The only thing about the whole thing is, the only thing about the whole thing is, sometimes it gets places, sometimes it doesn't. But 
it can be exaggerated. I'm only going to bring on one little thing. That's, this is not yeah, what should, should we have a Catherine? Now. Should I, if I'm walking down the road and I see mm. Leo Varadkar, for example, right. and he's walking up, you know, past me on the road, and I don't hit yeah. him or I don't abuse him physically, mm. but I shout at him, oh, Varadkar, you're the worst Taoiseach ever. You're nothing but a clown. Should, should I be arrested for that? Oh, not arrested. No. Well, Gosh, well no, yeah, but, you, but the point Jason is making is that politicians, when they take the job, that they under, they should have an understanding that that's what sometimes comes with the territory. Uh, well, I maybe oh, certain it does, people. but I don't see it. You know, I don't see it as solving. I might feel you might feel personally. I wouldn't be doing it, but if someone says that they might feel better themselves, but it doesn't achieve anything, and you're not getting anywhere. Mm. I just think the whole thing about denial is if they showed a bit more, shall we say, gumption, a bit more, stick with the truth. Let us give us a sentence that we can actually relate to and say, well, geez, I agree with that myself. But everything they say, you know yourself, it's all nonsense. Okay, well, stay there for a second. I want to bring Billy in as well. Billy, hi, how are you? No, how are you? Good, Billy. Nice to talk to you. Uh, I hope you have a happy new year too, do, Billy. Oh, uh, thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward for, for grumpy now and then in the next couple of days. So. <laughs> right, okay. So, in relation to you disagree with what Jason is saying when he said they should accept a certain amount of abuse, but I suppose the first thing to, to tackle here, Billy, is Leo Varadkar said he wants to live a normal Normal life. I don't think he has a normal life. Well, well Leo Varadkar's in the public eye, mm. so he's he's a public representative. He's in the public eye. Uh, I, I I think what he means is he wants to live a normal as normal a life as possible. He wants to be able to go out and do things. But he's and, privileged, you know, isn't he, compared to most of us? In, in in terms of, of, of the role and the media attention that he has, yes. Oh, well, in terms in terms of the restaurants he visits and the amount of times he can actually physically go out for a meal, I mean, more than most of us. Well, more twenty four hour security. More, yeah. Steady car, well, he, doesn't have to worry is, about a taxi, probably doesn't have to tie the is, bill. He is also he is also he is also the, the, the leader of the government, like you know. No, no I'm the, well aware of that. Mike, Mike, Michael D. Higgins has the same has the same and no, no, I'm not begrudging like, Billy, I'm not begrudging him it. No. I'm, ju- I'm just saying, you know, it is a privileged lifestyle too. It is it is a privileged lifestyle and like he, he you know, he there is responsibilities that come with that. Um, he is accountable to the public. He's accountable, and I'm sure Jason will challenge me on this, uh, listening to how, what he's been saying there over the last couple of minutes. But like he, he is accountable every five years when that referendum comes up. He is accountable. And then the other side but of things, that, every politician. Uh, but, hold on, Jason. If I can finish, please. If I can finish, every politician in this country every week has constituency clinics. Any constituent that has elected that politician is more than free to make an appointment with the constituency clinic and go and talk to the to the politician. It's one of the. You think you're going to see Leo Varadkar? Yeah, you're going to see Leo Varadkar on a Saturday afternoon. Leo Varadkar is also an elected representative. He's a TV. He might be the head of the. Mate, he in. The people in his own area didn't want him in. He literally got in on the fifth count. Everybody in his party got in before him. That's the system. And do you not think the system is wrong? No, I think the system is perfectly... With the greatest great respect, Bailey, you're saying that somebody could book in to you know, have a chat with him at his clinic, right? I work in radio. I can't even get an interview. I'm not, sure what, the way, I'm not <laughs> sure what the waiting list will be, but I know if I want to see any of the five TDs in my constituency, I can make an Maybe appointment. Maybe now in the country, not the ones that sit in government. You won't oh, get there the ones that sit in government. Dublin is different. Dublin is different to the rest of the country, is it? I live down the country, mate. Jason, you know, Billy, I don't know how if they're as accessible as you're making it out. I'm sure some are, right? And some make themselves very accessible. Uh, those who want to get in the next election or feel they might have difficulty getting in in the next election. But in saying that, I, as I said to you already, Billy, I can't even get Leo Varadkar for an interview on radio. 
So I, I yeah, would no, find it no, difficult no, to understand no, how. I, I know I know why you can't get Leo Varadkar yeah, I, for so an do interview, I. and you know why you can't get him for an interview as well. You've got you used to get uh, was it was it Donnelly you used to get on the radio the whole time? Yeah. Because <laughs> it suited because it suit because it suited Donnelly to be on the radio at the time. At the moment, you can get Patter Tobin quite a lot because it suits Patter Tobin to be on and to talk to people and get his message out. Leo Varadkar. And, you know, it maybe if you were Morning Ireland, he would. But it's, it's a case that he's not going to be coming on this type of show because, you know, you're not going to give him... He's got to ask real questions. questions. He's got to ask real questions. Yes. That's fine. He's not going to... That, that, and that's it. Like, that, he's... But, he's that, but that's not being a public representative, is it? It, it is being a public representative, unfortunately. It, it's the way that the, the system works in this country. I'm not saying... So by not right, going on and talking to, to the public is the way that that's being a but, public but representative. See, but... but Jason, like, what do you expect them to do? Expect them to go down to the pub and have a chat with you about what's going on in the country? You just said you, you just said you could book in and see them. Actually, down here, they actually do. Down in the country, that's actually where you go. You, the fella in the next village down houses clinic in the upstairs of the pub. But you know what? Yeah. They are they're independent. He owns the pub well, talk, fairness, No, Jason. he doesn't. He actually doesn't. He actually doesn't because I know the fella who owns the pub. But down <laughs> around the country, the politicians talk to the people because they're independent. These big politicians just have in government. They don't want nothing to do with you. They'll come around I'll, once I'll the vote comes in. And no, as you no, said, you they what. scrape yeah. through. Okay, sorry, Rob. Yeah, very quickly, I have to go to the news. Go on, Rob. Yeah, yeah I know. No, so, no, look, it's just, just saying there, just on like, the radio interviews, uh, just so that everybody is aware, you're probably aware of this, Noel, uh, all, the, all, all the politicians' uh, questions are uh, screened. Oh, I know that. Before, you know, be, on what, what, what they can ask and what they can't ask. And that applies to all parties. Yeah. Well, I, I did have an interview with one politician. Go, well, I say, I've interviewed a lot of politicians, but one in particular there going back about two years ago. And he asked for a list of questions before he came on. So I sent him a list of questions. But then when he came on, I asked him a load of different ones. And he said, <laughs> and then I got a message from his PA saying he'd never come on the show again. So, yeah, I mean, that's not being a politician. You know what I mean? You can't be just sitting there prepared for everything. That's just the way it goes when it comes to Ireland. It is a changing country. Catherine is absolutely right. And whether you like those changes or you don't like those changes, that's entirely up to you. That's why we're here at night for you to discuss that and give you an open forum to talk about things like that. But it is a changing country. We have no doubt about that. And there's no doubt there's a sense of division in the country. And I, and I want to just, I'll get this out here. We all seen what happened in Galway. There was a fire in a hotel or something that was designated for uh, refugees. We've seen the same thing in Ringsend the other night, although the government are saying it wasn't designated for refugees. It was designated for homeless, uh, it was a homeless family hub. And what really annoyed me about that was the fact that, firstly, we don't know if it was set intentionally. I hope it wasn't. And if anybody was responsible for doing that, that's a criminal act and they should go to jail. Because arson is a criminal act and nobody should get involved in any criminal acts whatsoever to make a point. Because you don't make a point when you get involved in criminality. All you do is destroy your own debate. But there are numerous reasons as to why that could have happened, that particular fire. And hopefully it wasn't arson. And if it was, as I said, though, I condemn it. And we should all universally condemn any actions that are taken by anybody from any side of a debate in relation to that. But when you have politicians coming out the next day, politicians who didn't open their mouths when people were protesting... And some of those people who protest are mad. But some of them are genuine concerned citizens from the community who are concerned about their own communities and about services that might not be available if there's an increase in population, etc., etc., or concerns about their own safety. And you might not think those concerns are valid, but they have concerns and they need to be addressed. 
And when you have a government who are not being transparent and not communicating with local communities, which has been said on numerous occasions, not just by me, by people who are more, more intelligent than me, well, then you're going to have problems and you're going to have a division in society. And we're creating this division. This idea that every time somebody disagrees with the government, they're referred to as right wing. That's unacceptable. There are conservative people in the country, other people who have conservative views. There are people who have liberal views. We don't refer to people, for example, when, I'll give you an example, when somebody said, let's have a referendum on same-sex marriage. Nobody turned around and went, those bleeding lefties, those extreme left-wing people, look what they're doing to the country. We didn't do that. We all said, okay, let's have a referendum and let's have a vote. That's how it works. We decide as people and as a government who represent us. Chakta of course, means they represent us. They make decisions there to represent us, the people, and all of the people, those who have conservative and those who have liberal views. And we come to a happy sort of medium in the middle somewhere where we all agree eventually. But at the moment, what I blame for what's going on, and you can see tensions in the country arising, because we do have an immigration policy that seems to be out of control. As far as 75% of people are concerned, uh, adding in too many people. So what we have at the moment is a society that believes the government are not listening to them. And when, the, when you have that situation, you have a breakdown in society. So when you see all this happening, there is nobody that we can blame apart from the government because they're the ones who sow the seeds of division by not listening to some of the people and addressing the concerns of people, by not being transparent, by coming out and saying, oh, that was meant to be a family hub, when most likely that's not the case at all. If, they, if it was going to be meant to be a family hub, well, why didn't they say that to the people? The protesters who were out there, why didn't they have a community meeting with some local politicians, standing shoulder to shoulder with them and saying, listen, we understand your concerns, here's the planning application, here's what we're going to be using it for, don't be too concerned, and if you've any concern, please come and talk to us. Why doesn't that happen? Instead, you're all a bunch of right-wing lunatics, get away from us. That We cannot continue a society like that where you ignore a percentage of the population because you don't agree with them. Anyway, I just thought I'd throw that out there. And again, that doesn't negate what happened. If indeed there was an arson attack on any one of those buildings, we should all universally condemn all of that. Now, let me firstly go today back to politicians and should they accept a certain amount of abuse and does it come with the job? Dave, hi, how are you? What's the crack? Well, that's a crack, Dave. Now, I've heard politicians saying in the past, over the last year, sure nobody wants to enter politics anymore because, you know, it's too dangerous now and there's too much abuse online and all that kind of stuff. But do you believe being a politician, you know, part of the course is that, you know, you have to accept a certain amount of abuse and you have to have a thick skin? No, oh, hard to go out to him, wouldn't it? I mean, imagine you get a little bit of abuse and all you get is seventy to to €100,000 of uh, every year and possibly a driver and an expense account, and you get to fly all over the world. Yeah, I know. Your heart kind of bleeds from, doesn't it, like, poor creators? <laughs> yeah, that poor normal life. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. Like, I'm sorry now, right? But if you're a person who's in such a high position of power, where you are quite literally making laws that affect the lives of everybody who lives here, you know, like, I mean, you know, life and death, and you can't take a bit of abuse, I'm sorry, bud, but you're in the wrong fucking job. Like, they think they have a heart. Go work retail at Christmas time to be singing from a different hymn sheet. You mm. know, like, I'm sorry, but this, like, what, what it probably is, is you have a politician, right? And then they'll have their entourage of, you know, like, myopic little sycophants who follow them around all day long, tell them they're, they're doing everything great and everybody else is wrong and blah, 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 blah. And then when they actually meet a real person who tells them how it really is because they live in the real world, they can't handle it. You know, they were, 
But did it remind me of this? And we all knew some smart arse who was shite bag down through the years who who could give the abuse and give the abuse and give the abuse. And when someone finally put it back up to them, uh, they made out that everybody else was bullying them and everybody else was wrong. Like, I'm sorry, no, but like every job you go into, you get abuse. My but I wouldn't, I wouldn't say every job you go into, you get abuse. You should. The, the vast, vast. You, oh, I mean, you, I get abuse. I get abuse yeah. all the time. You know what I mean? I'm on social media. But by the way, I've been, I've been doing this job for 30 years. And actually, it was a lot worse years ago when we used to do a different type of show. I have a thick skin. You know what I mean? No, yeah, but that's it, though. I like this is the thing that really boils my piss about the whole thing. It's like you're complaining about like your average everyday Joe Soap um, shouting, like, hey, you a watch or a wanker across the street and things, right? Like, how often does that really happen? Like, honestly, I mean, we, how many politicians have been attacked on the street? I mean, the name from Kerry Michael there, he got like jostled by someone. No, look, it shouldn't have happened. It's the people who did that raw brain dead Neanderthals. We can all agree there, right? Well, he got jostled, and people were making out that it was an attempted murder on him. I mean, <laughs> it was like an, it was like an attempted assassination. The way they went on about it, it was, it was. Like, do they not realize? Like, Ronald Reagan took an actual bullet. You know what I mean? So, well, so no, and nobody is condoning that behavior either. Of course, I'm no, I'm not saying. I'm trying. I'm trying to add a bit of context to the whole thing. I mean. We have never had a politician who has been out straight up attacked because when if they are at a big public thing, there's, gar- there's a guard of presence there and they shut that shit down quick enough. And like maybe people wouldn't. Yeah, be, but you don't want to like, get to a point where, you know, um, in the UK going back about seven or eight years ago, there a politician was um, I, I remember shot, that one. Yeah. Was stabbed on the streets. Yeah, or shot, was it shot or stabbed? Yeah, I can't but remember. Again, I, I look, again, that, that was a horrendous thing, right? How often does stuff like that happen? More chance of me or you um, going out and getting into a car crash in the morning than an Irish politician being attacked in the streets. And I mean, the reason there's so much anger and vitriol being um, thrown their way is because there is no way for your average everyday person to actually have a conversation with these people. I mean, the idea that giving them all security, you're basically putting another barrier between them and you know, the pledge that they're supposed to be representing. And it really annoys me when you hear them saying, I can't handle people who use mean words against me and I just want to live a, a normal, happy life. Well, look at them in the doll chambers. They're well able to dish it out there, aren't they? I mean, you had... I did see Eamon Ryan today. Eamon Ryan was given out today that um, people on social media had said that the guards had brought his bike down to Limerick while he, uh, you know, when, so, uh, you know, obviously given out that he didn't actually cycle his bike. The guards brought it with them no, in the back the, of the car. I, was that one and, was, and now, he said it wasn't was, true. But he was given out about the fact that people were saying it about him online. And I'm going, geez, you've little to be given out about. You know what I mean? No, but see, this is what I, this is what I mean. Like, I, I don't want politicians who can't, like, take a bit of abuse. I want politicians, like, the likes you see in, like, places in Eastern Europe when they get really mad with each other and they're literally, like, throwing slaps. You know what I mean? Like, I want, I want the politicians actually got a set of balls on them. But, I mean, like, they're well able to, like, like perfect example, right? Nihal Martin throwing remarks at the Healy Rays because the Healy Rays run a bus up the north uh, for people to get cataract surgery, right? He thought it was okay to, to like, make jokes about that when under his government, it, it's the reason why they have to have, have those buses. You also have, like, uh, Leo Varadkar was well able to um, make jokes about balaclavas towards uh, Sinn Féin, or he said Sinn Féin's view of politics is, like, politics for slow learners. But yet when... Somebody throws a bit of abuse back at them, they can't take it. Well, like, well, well sorry, somebody turned around to Leo Varadkar at one stage, one of the Healy Rays, actually, and said, that's all. 
sexuality. It was just one of those Irish okay. things. And he lost the rag. Yeah, so, right. So, what age is Leo now? I don't know. Is he 40? Must be. Right, he's 40, right? So, right, so he's a gay. And he can't handle someone saying airy fairy. Really? Mm. I mean, like, I mean, come really? Like, he, he didn't hear worse stuff off his own friends as he was growing up. No, I'm sorry, no, but this is just, it's another one of these things where they're just like, they, they put themselves on a pedestal and they can't handle a bit of abuse. They can't Okay, handle... well, we'll stay there because Billy is still there. Billy, Dave makes a fair point. You know, you go into the game, you know, you got to expect a bit of abuse. And I mentioned there, for example, Eamon Ryan today was given out in the newspapers that somebody had made up a story about the guards putting a bike in the back of the car when it wasn't actually true. And he was again, about, talking about misinformation and abuse that he gets online. And go, really, is that the, the, the worst of your problems? You know what I mean? Um, well, I, I have my views on Eamon Ryan that I've, I've aired on your show. <laughs> uh, but look, it's, it's, it's public life. Like, you probably get it in the neck as well, Niall. I, I have, I've had at least four death threats in the last 30 years. Only I only had a death threat. Only four. I, I can, only I, four. I, you know what? I'd love to play the audio I because we have it here. Off. I have a WhatsApp message, right, that was sent into the radio station of somebody who's going to put a bullet in the back of my skull. That was only about six weeks before Christmas. But like it's it and Niall, you're you're in public life, and I'm sure people in public life get it the whole time. I'm sure there's uh, a, a probably department in in public service broadcast that deals with letters to to presenters, and you know it's it's a full time thing. Uh, people getting into politics should expect a certain amount. Um, I, is it Dave on the on the other line there? Yeah, yeah. I, I disagree with Dave about the scrapping in Parliament. I, I think we're we're a little bit beyond that, thankfully. Uh, I've been perfectly with that one. Grand. If you go back in our history, Dave, we, we did have it back in the early days of the doll where there was scraps and there was, you know, uh, a civil war came out of that. But let, let's not... Let's I'll not still never you. forget the line, F you, Deputy Stag. <laughs> I think, oh, yeah. It was, was fantastic uh, and was, was was retracted very quickly after. It was a Green Party TD, if I remember correctly. That's as well, right, yeah, yeah. F you, Deputy yeah, Stag. Yeah. Yeah, and he—I I don't think he—he's—he's uh, he's been re-elected since. But anyway, um, look, there is there's always going to be a bit of a, a bit of a, um, a rough ride. Um, there was that video of the of the Galway TD, and I mentioned the the situation that came to it uh, that went around before Christmas. Yeah, that was uncalled for. That was I, I think that was I think that was beyond the pale. Really. Alan, this is Alan Dillon, of course, who was approached by Enoch Burke's mother, Martina, and brother Elijah. And, and, sister, shopping. And, and sister Amy. Yeah, and it was over the top, completely. I mean, it, Dave, it did you see that video, by the way, Dave? Uh, no, the first I heard about it was tonight. Okay, so yeah, so they, they approached him in Castlebar in a supermarket in Castlebar. He was doing a bit of shopping for Christmas, you know, just before the Christmas. It was actually on Christmas Eve. Mm. And, and the three of them went up to him and they started ballyragging him and shouting and roaring at him and all sorts of things, basically saying, you know, you're on a six-figure salary, so you shouldn't be, shouldn't be running away from the people. But, you know, the man just obviously got back in his car and drove off. But I mean, I wouldn't take that. <laughs> no, from fair enough. Even take out take out the the family that were involved in it. And uh, another politician I, I disagree with, uh, Paul Murphy had the had the protesters outside his house. Now, Mr. Murphy has created that form of protest in Irish politics. I would say so. It was a little bit ironic that it uh, it, it befell him uh, a couple of months ago there. But still, you know. A, a person's a person's personal home. I know it was done to Stephen no, Donnelly as well. Look. I, I'll, I'll agree with you there. I, I, I vehemently disagree with anybody who protests outside anybody's house, be you a politician, public figure, all right? Like anyone's home 
should be, you know, sacrosanct. Nobody should go near exactly. there. And again, you know, and again, look, Paul Murphy, do you know what? Like, I mean, he... Okay, you know, don't start calling people names. <laughs> don't get me into trouble. Okay, I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, go on. No, but I'm just saying, but like, like a perfect example, right? If they, like, if they don't want to get abused, here's a crazy idea, right? And you might try it. Try to do a good job. Try to look after your constituents and try to actually, instead of bowing to your European overlords, okay, actually try to do right by the people who you're mm. actually supposed to be. You know, you I mean, that, that's a good point, like, Billy. I mean, sorry, Dave, for interrupting you, but I mean, I know people give out to me because I always say I like Bertie Ahern, right? And okay, I he was a rogue. There's no doubt about it. The tribunals found that he told untruths, which I don't know what the difference is. A legal difference, anyway. But he told untruths. He didn't have a bank account yet. He was minister for finance. All seems very dubious, right? But the one thing I will say, Billy, he was a man of the people. He was the voice of the common man. He spoke like us. Do you, uh, uh, does that sound stupid? Do you understand what I'm saying? And when the, do you remember Bertie, the floods Bertie happened? Hearn, Bertie Hearn, um, let's, let's, let's go down this rabbit hole, though, okay? So Bertie Hearn, uh, and I quote, I quote, I quote CJ, was the most devious of the lot, is what Charles J. Hawhey said. And yeah. we all know that Hawhey was pretty bloody devious in his time. Bertie Hearn uh, was in charge of the country up until 2008 when he hospital passed it over to Brian Cowan mm. for just in time for the crash. Bertie Hearn. And Charlie, um, oh, who was the minister for finance? No, no, oh, Charlie McCreevy. Was it McCreevy at the time? Was the minister for finance? And there was numerous, numerous giveaway budgets every year from probably 1998, 1999 onwards, up until 2008 when the whole house of cards fell down. So Bertie might have been a man of the people and might have been, you know... To be f- yeah, but to be fair, Billy, that, oh, no, and I'm not disagreeing with you, the House of Cards did fall down, but there was a worldwide crash at the same time. There, there was a worldwide crash, but unfortunately, we were more exposed in that worldwide crash because of the economic decisions that were made by the government of the day who had been in power since 1990. And they're back in power again. So obviously there's well, national amnesia. Uh, in, 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 in power but like if you look at it the way things are going on in the uk at the moment the conservatives have been in power since 2010 mm-hmm. and they're going to get voted out the next time but you know i i, I, I don't know i, I think I, they like richie you know what i mean i'm not sure if they like richie or not but i think the party is going to collapse i think i think they're going to have a massive wipeout and they're going to go onto the onto the opposition benches for a number of years and then they're going to come back and well, the, well there's a rumor really boris is going to come back by the way that's when the rumors oh, well, 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 well stay there for a second oh, Dave. Really. <laughs> i think that'd be fun maureen hi how are you <laughs> hi Niall. how are you uh maureen i mean do you think politicians i'm not saying they deserve it although you might say they deserve it but do you think that they should expect a certain amount of what do you call common abuse? Of course they should. They're mm. public representatives. They were elected by the people to do a job, which they haven't done, not for a hell of a long time. And it, 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 when you when you do want to say something to them, maybe it's your whoever your TD is in your area, wherever I am, I have one that you can approach any time. Mm-hmm. But when you approach them, they don't want to know. You stand and you're saying something to them and, and they're sh- trying to shut you up. It happened to me here last year on St. Patrick's Day with one of them down here in Clannacilty. He just ran. He's just a coward. He, he just wouldn't stand and listen to what I wanted to say to him. 
because they couldn't get him at any other time anyway. But they deserve it. No, they really do. I'm sorry, Maureen. What, what were you trying to say to him? Just out of interest. It just a, a, a I was quick... trying to say to them. I had something to say, and I was saying it. What I was saying is irrelevant. What I was saying was irrelevant. I guess. I guess. I guess, I guess that you had something to say. He's an elected he, TD. Excuse me. Hold exactly, on. He's elected. He, he's elected. He's entitled. Elect he's entitled to have. He's entitled to disagree with you as well. He you didn't know? stand and listen. Is what I said. He was too much of a Fair coward. Enough. And they're all cowards. That's why they're running from the people, because they're, they have got this country into such a bloody mess that they are too cowardly to stand and listen to the people, what they want to say to them. And this coming the, out the, with the this... But, like, but, I, but I think, Maureen, I think, to be fair to Billy, whatever it was that you wanted to talk to him about him is reasonably relevant to the conversation, is it not? I, I don't know what well, it was, Maureen, in particular. Yeah. It's not as far as I'm concerned. I'm just telling you what, what happened to me. Mm. But the point about well, it is... And, I mean, and, and I suppose the way you approach a uh, politician probably yeah, has... Yeah, yeah, he was on the street and he was talking to somebody and I was actually waiting for him to stop okay. speaking until I... Uh, okay. And actually, well, if you well, want to know what it was about, it, Bill, it was Billy, who somebody asked me, yeah. Yeah. if you really want to know about it, it was about a, a mass immigration. Mass immigration, so which... Yeah, so where which, he which stood political, in it. So hold on a second. Hold political... on a minute. I didn't come on here for you to question me. I want to say something. Veradka has now come out with this business. Oh, he's terrified the far right. These politicians are drawing everything that they're getting on themselves. Do you not see what they're doing here? They're causing division. And I'm telling you something. None of this is going to end well. Because they are now throwing out that the people that elected them are now these far right lunatics. This is the problem. And they don't seem to understand that everything they get, they deserve, and they've drawn it on themselves. And uh, there is a bit of contradiction, Billy, when you have, say, Timmy Dooley, who on Twitter the other day, you know, talked about the suggestion that people, you know, should be questioned over this rhetoric of Ireland is full, uh, hashtag Ireland is full. And anybody, you know, who is even saying that, you know, he put a negative spin on it. And he talked about, obviously, the Rings End and what happened. And I agree with him, by the way, if anybody was responsible for setting that fire, there should be criminal charges. But... So he said it's not right to be saying Ireland is full. Yet his own leader, well, not his leader, Fine Gael, obviously uh, Leo Varadkar, turned around to the doll, you know, six weeks before Christmas and said, Ireland is at capacity. We've now, re- or has a capacity. We've now reached that capacity. That's exactly the same as saying Ireland is full, just using different words. So, no, so, no, it's, it's, so it's okay for a politician to say it, but not for a member of the public to say it. On, on, this, on this particular issue, Niall, mm. I think the government, uh, the political parties, the politi- political establishment mm. as a whole has failed massively. They have not dealt with the question and they have allowed, um, they have allowed you know, disquiet and they have allowed Division. other people to, t- to take over the narrative and to run the narrative. Yes. Whether, whether rightly or wrongly, yeah. they have ignored the issue and they've ignored the concerns of the public. And that is going to come back. So then is Maureen not right then that she went to her local politician because of that issue and said, listen, you know, I'd like to talk to you about something. And as soon as she does that, he doesn't want to know about it. And that's the way it is. That's the way it is with most politicians, Billy, when you want to talk about, say, immigration, for example. They don't want to know. You're written off as some sort of far right lunatic. Yeah. Well, Niall, I, I don't know the politician. I don't know the circumstances. No, well, it, does, well, it doesn't matter who the politician approach, is. Approach, I, it does. Well, no, does no, well, well, I can tell you, if, no matter which politician you start you start to talk to about immigration tomorrow, they'll ignore you. 
No, and, and Maureen, with, with all due respect, I've heard Maureen on the radio before talking about the World Economic Forum and various, what I would term, conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. If Maureen approached a politician on the street mm-hmm. and started talking about the World Economic Forum and the, what, what is it, Agenda 21 or Agenda 25 or something, or Agenda yeah, 30, yeah. I, I would see a politician kind of looking at that going, and I and I and I did say that to Maureen the other day on the podcast when we were talking about it, and Maureen came on and said it. But that doesn't that doesn't negate Maureen's opinion. It doesn't it doesn't negate her opinion. Hold on a second, Billy. Hold on a minute. Uh, it is yes, it is. Hold on a second, Billy. Billy, come here. You interrupted me when I came on here, asking me a question. I answer your question. Hang on a second. Matthew McGrath stood up in Leinster House and mentioned the World Economic Forum. Mm-hmm. Varadkar and Michal Martin sniggered and laughed at him but Varadkar is sitting over there in Davos at every meeting that they have and you're telling me that we're conspiracy theorists using the World Economic Forum I think now you need to educate yourself a little bit because everything that's going on and we're talking about the World Economic Forum and all the rest of it is true they sniggered and laughed at Matthew McGrath To to be fair, Maureen, okay, and I understand why people talk about the WEF um, on a regular basis. The WEF set out guidelines. They don't have any power. Um, Now, now that's entirely up to countries to take on board their recommendations. And and yes, we have seen countries taken on board their recommendations, but they don't actually have power. But now, you'd forget, wait a minute, what was said after? Mm -hmm. Varadkar to, to, to Matty, that he didn't know what he was talking about. No, and, and they shouldn't. No, but hang on, you're right, you're right. They shouldn't snigger at Matty McGrath, and they shouldn't snigger at the Healy Rays, and they shouldn't snigger at other politicians like that. That's not the way politics, politics yeah. works. Uh, everybody's opinion should matter, and, you know, and you should, we all should have rational debates about things. But I think the point that Billy is making is that there is a lot of conspiracy theories out there too, Maureen, and I'm not accusing you of it. I'm just saying there is, and sometimes that doesn't work well in a debate because people think, you know, oh, that's just pie in well, the sky. Well, I'll tell you something, Niles. If you're all the conspiracy theorists, oh, no. theories. for three years we were talking about things. We were talking about things. I remember saying this before you had to get a passport, a pass to get into a bar to show your health status. I had said that months before it ever happened. Are we going to be like they were yeah. in Nazi Germany? Will we need papers? And, and you know what, Maureen? Through. I'm going to completely agree with you that yesterday's conspiracy theory, and Billy. And Dave, I'll say this to both of you, you know, this conspiracy theory six months ago becomes the truth six months later. And and that tends to happen quite a lot. We've seen it that. We've yeah. only seen the OECD today, Billy, suggesting that in the peak of the pandemic in Ireland, we had less excess deaths than we had pre-pandemic. I, 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 read, I read it, Niall. But, um, but yet we were all led to believe negates, in the middle of pandemic people were dropping exactly. like flies from COVID. So, it, it, so it negates, it negates, I was, it was fact-checked, fact-checked. On a, on a national publication because I said exactly that during the pandemic. I had said over the age of 65 that it wasn't as dangerous. I was talking about Martin, uh, sadly, who died over the Christmas period, Dr. Martin Feely. Um, can I just say, by the way, condolences to all the friends and family and people who know Dr. Martin Feely, who is the uh, CEO of the Midlands Hospital, who stood up and said exactly what I had said, which I was fact-checked, which turned out to be true in the end. And, and which what he said turned out to be true in the end as well. And he was forced to resign as some sort of conspiracy theorist. The man wasn't. He was an educated doctor. And his, and his credibility, you know, two years before he dies, is destroyed by people who just wrote him off. You know? That's sad, Billy. I, I, I understand it's sad, Niall, but I'm not trying to justify it. And I, I, was, I was quite horrified seeing that put into perspective 
the was it three lockdowns, four lockdowns that we went through? I kind of oh, yeah, yeah. Two, long, second yeah. longest. You know, it, it puts it puts it puts into into perspective that, and it puts into perspective that it was all all <laughs> a bit of a waste of time, really. Yep. You know, and the the untold suffering that that happened because of that. However, on the flip side of that, the information that at the time to make those decisions we're looking at in hindsight now. No, we're no, because it. no, no, yes. you're no, you're wrong, yes. Billy. Because and I don't want to get into a COVID topic because there was experts, other scientists, and other experts who had said this on numerous occasions. I had some of them on the radio at the time. I was one of the only ones that brought them on and said this, and nobody listened to them. In fairness, Niall, they were in the minority within the scientific they were community. All, no, they were and only in the minority because they weren't being listened to and they were being written off or cancelled. And I'm going to tell you something too, Billy. There are more experts and senior doctors in this country who I interviewed during COVID-19 who come on and talked about COVID-19 and how dangerous it was and all this. But behind the scenes spoke to my producer on the air and said they would love to go on the air and say what they really think, but they know they can't because they'd be fired. And, and Niall, look, that, that shouldn't have happened. They it shouldn't is. have had that it fear. Is. They should have, they, I, I get that, they, sh- they shouldn't have had that fear. It should have been a case that if that was the case, they should have been free and able to come on and say that. There shouldn't have been that narrative. As you're well aware, the the, the narrative globally was for lockdowns. And mm. that's, that's and, and we now know there's, there's numerous published papers, numerous published papers now that have checked and looked at all, the, examined all the excess deaths around Euro- the European Union. And the, co- the different lockdowns we had, and the result and the conclusion of those published papers is that lockdowns and masks made little or no difference. The one thing I will say, Niall, is the, the zealous attitude towards lockdowns and the zealous attitude towards how COVID was dealt with in this country, in hindsight, and with, you know, with the information that's in those papers now, means that in the future, trust with the government trust with the Department of Health and trust with you know with people in terms of vaccinations will be damaged because of the information that's now coming out. Sorry, Dave is very quiet there all of a sudden. Sorry, Dave, have I yeah, rude you out of the conversation? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I was to say, even going back no, to those I, times, I, we were treated like vermin. Yeah, and and that should never have happened, by the way, Maureen. Anybody who decided of their own volition not to be vaccinated, whatever for whatever reason, that's their decision. It's their body. That's their decision. Uh, they shouldn't have been treated like vermin. Sorry, Dave, you want to say something? No. Uh, no, I just keep thinking, I mean, if Maureen was coming at me, I'd probably run away as well. <laughs> well <laughs> why does she frighten you? <laughs> I, I'm just happy that there's a phone line and a good distance between us. <laughs> Maureen is harmless. I'm harmless. Maureen. I just don't take any <laughs> shit. <laughs> really, Maureen, we never would have guessed. Um... Well, Pierre, like, I mean, when we get into the whole COVID thing, we talk about politicians who don't want to, people talking shit about them. Um, let's talk about old Leo himself, who moved into a residence that's really meant for the tea shop right before we went into a two-kilometer uh, restricted uh, lockdown. Remember that one, then? This is the Phoenix or, Park. Yeah, or the, all the taxi drivers who came out and said that they, uh, they were ferrying people to and from said um, uh, residence. During COVID, when none of the rest of us were supposed to be having parties. Well, I look, we, we all know, I, I don't know the story there behind that, but we all know that there was, you know, politicians who broke we the all, rules on a general basis. Listen, 
No, no, no what I'm saying is we all... I did, uh, yeah, I there were people in the media as well, by the way, Billy, yes. Yeah, and come here, and that's, I did it myself. I'm not going to say I didn't. I so did it did myself. I. By the small group of people. Yeah. But, the, but the difference was... Unfortunately, I can't claim heroism for doing it because I had a letter because I work in media saying that I was exempt from the lockdowns because I had to travel to and from work because I'm providing the news. So uh, I unfortunately, I'm going to say unfortunately, had a letter because I would have preferred to be the rebel. <laughs> you know, no, no, I, 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 I would say, I would say you find it very difficult. Sorry, sorry, Billy. I, I say. I'd say you find it very difficult to find one person in this country who stuck rigidly to one hundred oh, of the COVID restrictions. I, I, uh, I wouldn't say there was that many. Mm. You know, oh, yeah, I'd, I'd say elderly. That. I'd say. Uh, yeah, I think more so the elderly, uh, probably. And I know elderly people now who are still afraid to go out, which is shocking. It's no different to the way it was back in twenty twenty. You know, or before COVID nineteen. You know, unfortunately, as human beings, we get exposed to viruses, and some of those viruses kill us. Should before COVID nineteen came along. You know, 500 people could die of the flu in an average year in Ireland. So, I mean, it was quite common for people to die of respiratory viruses. And when you get older, over the age of 82, which is the average age people die in this country, the usual way that you die is usually by heart attack, cancer, or a respiratory virus. Mm-hmm. So, and that's usually what kills you. But what was shocking, Billy, was that we still had the same amount, if not, sorry, less excess deaths at the peak of COVID, which is the average amount of people that die in this country is 3,350-something 3, per year or something. I think it's something around that anyway. Don't quote me exactly on the figure, right? But And they die of primarily heart attack, heart disease, cancer, or respiratory viruses. Uh, no, and it was no different during COVID, but yet we put them down as COVID deaths. The, the epitome of that was the man in London who was hit by a bus and went down as a COVID death because he had tested positive for COVID within the last 30 days. That was nonsense. Niall, Niall I, lost, I lost a grandparent in the middle of it. Yeah, and I'm sorry. I lost a grandparent in, through, through COVID, or, yeah. sorry, in, in COVID, yeah. who died with COVID but didn't die from COVID, but it's still down as a COVID death. It's down as and that's, that's, but that shouldn't be the case. Your, your, your grandparent, and I'm sorry to hear you lost a grandparent, Billy, but your grandparent shouldn't be down as a COVID death. They didn't die of COVID-19. They died nope. with COVID nineteen. That was, was because there, of was, there was a lot of there was a lot of other things there, but you know, comorbidities. Was also yes, in the system at the time. So it, it and a lot of people about. died, and this is again the reason I was fact checked at the time because I said the majority of people who are dying and who have sadly passed away during COVID died of other comorbidities. They just happened to have COVID nineteen or happened to test positive with it. You know, and I spoke to somebody at the time who worked in a hospital when we were talking about figures of thirty people say in ICU, um, you know, with COVID nineteen. The majority of those people were in ICU for other reasons. They just happened to have COVID-19, which is a complication, don't get me wrong. It's having a virus or a respiratory virus is clearly a complication. And, and, and I think, you know, you're right, Billy. The problem is the next time it happens, people are wiser now. We now know. And I'm not going to believe them anymore. It's not wiser, Niall. It's people are more distrusting now. That's so it, it may not be a, a wis- it may not be a wisdom thing. So let's say the next time I was, it is a, a a more serious pandemic. People would be less likely to listen to them because it's the boy who cried wolf syndrome. I I did actually hear a, a radio presenter refer to people like Maureen, um, who decided not to get vaccinated, and that's their choice. I did right. They she decided not to get vaccinated. I decided not to get vaccinated. Referring to them as terrorists. I mean that's crazy stuff. You know what I mean? That well, was there was, that there, was, was madness. there was the the the, the black plague. Was it rat lickers that they were referred to as for a yeah. while as well? Yeah, and and now well, we and then know, we and then different. we find out afterwards. Pfizer openly admitted that they never actually tested the, the vaccine for transmission at all. So in other words, mm-hmm. Maureen was no more dangerous than anybody else walking around the streets. 
She wasn't like like this kind of loaded gun that which it was being made out to be. It was it was an absolutely awful time for everybody. And again, like what's happening now, it's sowing a division in society, which is not good for society. Listen, Dave, Maureen, Billy, thank you very much. Now, now. real people, real opinions. Nighttime talk with Niall Boylan. Ireland's classic hits radio.